you couldn't pick up a newspaper these days without finding an article or editorial about how barbed wire had changed everything out west. Some were for it, some were against it. It was 1886, and people were still arguing about it. Some said it made good friends. Some said barbed wire made blood enemies. Al Woodward was against it. While it was fine for ranchers and farmers and livestock breeders, it was hell on insurance investigators. Take tonight. Al Woodward, a freelance insurance investigator for several different companies, had been climbing through some barbed wire when one of the barbs tore the right buttock of his new trousers and dug a painful little trench of hot blood across the same buttock. But Al was more worried about his trousers than his buttock. These weren't your Sears and Roebucks or your monkey wards at $1.49. These were $3.98 trousers, bought at one of the best men's stores in Chicago, purchased only two weeks ago. Al cursed himself for wearing these tonight. Damn barbed wire. Now that he stood upright, his hand unconsciously favoring the rip in his trousers, he looked around at the large round lake whose surface shimmered with moonlight. Some of the shimmers even playing off the scrub pines that encircled three sides of the water. Pretty as a painting of a lake at midnight, but damn barbed wire and damn stupid dime noveled melodrama. Meeting out here, there wasn't any place closer to meet. Al Woodward was in town, working on an arson case. He'd been here two days now, and had just this afternoon started putting the scheme and the person responsible together. The local fire folks, amateurs at best, hadn't seen any evidence of arson, but to Al it was obvious. He'd talked to some people who lived near the small factory, and the way they described the fire, there wasn't much doubt that it had been set by human hand. He'd even found two pieces of two-before that had been scorched in a way that indicated kerosene. Al had also turned up a man who claimed by letter that he'd been paid to start the fire. He'd found the letter late this afternoon in his hotel room, pushed under the door. The letter contained a map of the lake here and how to reach it, and the time to be there and meet the arsonist. Well, here was Pants Torn Al. Where the hell was the man who'd summoned him? He heard a distant noise from the town of Claybank. He responded instinctively by turning his head in that direction, and when he did, he saw the object on the narrow band of sandy shore that ran around 60% of the lake. He had a pretty good idea of what it was, which was why he hesitated at first to tromp over there for a closer look. He wasn't a brave man and never pretended to be. When saloon friends boasted of their courage, he kept his mouth shut. He was no hero. What had moments before been a lovely scene of moonlight-lying pines and lake had quickly become a deserted and sinister collection of shadowy crevices, forbidding woods, and a body of water that held God knew what. He was for that instant a child again, afraid of the dark because of all those stupid ghost stories his cousin Purvis was always telling him when he stayed overnight. Even at seven years old, he'd recognized those stories as so much bourgeois, but they scared him nonetheless. He was a suggestible boy, just that he'd become a suggestible man, unable to read any medical articles, because he came down with every disease he'd ever read about, totaling by now six bouts of leprosy and something like 41 heart attacks. He had to go over there and see what the hell was laying on the shore. Even from here, it was obvious what it was, but maybe the person was still alive. 
maybe there would be something Al Woodward could do to help him. He didn't hurry. He kept moving his eyes around, looking for the merest sign of life. Maybe the man had been felled by an animal, or maybe been bitten by a snake, or maybe simply had a heart attack, like one of the 41 heart attacks he himself had had. But then again, it didn't take an Edgar Allan Poe to come up with the idea that maybe the man, and the closer he got, the more clearly the shape became a face-down man, had come out here to meet Al, and was then met by the man he was going to snitch on, and the snitchy killed him.